Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. On this episode of Brand Meet Creator, Harley and I are kicking off a two-part series about how to build trust and how it's broken in the influencer industry. So hold on to your hats and take out a pen and paper because if you want to know how to build stronger trust, both with brands and your followers, you're going to want to listen in. But first, if you like it, like it. This week in If You Like It, Like It, I am diving in deep on mom talk. And maybe mom, it's because... Oh, all maybe blonde dancing moms? Just like any type of mom talk, like anything. <laughs> there's like, there are multiple feuds happening. There yes. are two girls I'm following that each have um, identical triplets. The swinger ones. There, there, yes, there's also that one. Yes. Um, I just, I don't know if it's because I'm about to become a mom or what is happening, but I am enthralled with the multiple feuds on TikTok between mothers. I am shook by this. I've seen it a couple times. It was that video where you had like three mega, mega hot babe bombshell moms walk out and do Mm -hmm. some kind of dance with their long extensions. And it was like, welcome to mom talk. And then you come to find out that they are all swingers. (laughs) It's a a drama that I'm also enjoying. (laughs) Yeah, that one I feel like has already died down. Like people are already over it. Apparently Mormon swingers are not enough <laughs> I'm not to capture, <laughs> not enough to capture the attention of people for longer than one week on TikTok. But right now, <laughs> the one I'm really interested in is the, 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 the two girls that I follow that have identical triplets are fascinating. But also, there is a feud between two moms. They're both sort of like comedian moms, kind of like Elise Meyer vibes. <laughs> okay. Um, like Lindsay Girk. Yes, yes. And one puts out a video and then the other one essentially just like copies the video exactly. And they were like calling each other out back and forth. But no, there's no resolution. It's like no one can like your each piece of content is not trademarked. So I'm not sure what to tell you, but it's (laughs) just really interesting that they're in so deep on it. Can you report on TikTok for plagiarism like you can on Instagram? I actually does TikTok care? Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> I think that the community cares. Like you might start seeing, like because it's so right, prevalent right. to like duet or mm-hmm. you know whatever, then it's much easier to call somebody out on that. But yeah, that's I'm in deep over there on mom talks. So that's that's, that's a my good life. one. You like it? I like it. If you like it, like it. This episode of Brand Me Creator, we are going over all of the ways Harley and I have seen that creators and influencers can put out content that helps build trust. And we thought that this topic was so interesting that it's actually going to be a two-part series. So check back for the next episode where we're going to talk about what doesn't build trust. But for now, let's dive in on things that you can do, ideas that we have, what we've seen and loved that really helps build that credibility and trust with your followers. Harley, kick us off. 
what are you seeing that has really been effective? (laughs) You know, I love this topic. I love this topic because you have so many people across the interweb saying, you know, influencers are sellouts, like influencers, you can't believe them. They just do this for a payday. And you hear that from brands too. In both of the interviews that we we've just had, we've had, um, we've had your brand brand side saying, if this doesn't fit with the, if your niche does not fit with the product, then Mm -hmm. absolutely don't reach out to me. You're doing this for a payday, blah, blah, blah. And so I think we really just need to reel it back and talk about the heart of that and how we can move forward with, with this trust. Because even, even people that I know that have built a following recently, they will post on their stories and say, I'm not an influencer. I have 38K, but I'm not an influencer, so you can trust mm. me. And I'm like, cut that language now. Influencer mm-hmm. is not a dirty word. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think owning your career choice and whether you want to call yourself an influencer or creator or some other word, um, that's fine. But at the end of the day, trust with brands and trust with your audience is absolutely huge. So I will kick it off with that on the beauty end of things. The number one advice I give creators uh, to help build trust with the audience and with the brand is to have content about their empties. And in empties, empties. Yeah, empties in the beauty world are everything because we all know that whether you are a beauty skincare guru or not, finishing something all the way till it completely runs out is it's huge. like a miracle. Yeah. Miracle work. It's honestly, yeah, like I don't think I have to like clean out my drawers before I have empties. Yeah. Like I don't have empties. I think I have expireds. <laughs> expireds. <laughs> exactly. A lot of stuff expires before you can empty it. And especially for someone who's in, you know, beauty or skincare, right. you're getting so much product sent to you, even so as a micro much. influencer, that it's like, you really have to stick with it and, you know, use it all the way up to have an empty. PR in the skincare beauty world is so interesting to me because you really Mm -hmm. just can't recommend something until you've tried it for a longer period of time, whether that is the like day long wear test um, Mm -hmm. or the skincare routine, full on skincare routine that takes what at least two weeks, right? I would say two weeks for initial responses. And um, one of my clients always says 28 to 30 days. Yeah, Yeah. 28 to 30 days for a real understanding of what the product Mm -hmm. is doing as far as results for your skin. Because that is like the, and don't quote me on this scientifically, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure 28 days is is the cycle of like the top layer of skin. Yeah. So you would essentially have like exfoliated off or like somehow regenerated the top layer of your skin every 28 days. Um, So you would be able to see any differences after that point if you're making what we call a claim, a.k.a. like dark spots removed, lines are finer, softer skin, whatever. You actually wouldn't know that unless you had used it for the full 28 days. And to throw it back to a previous episode about Mm -hmm. the regulations in Australia and those changing rules, I mean, this Mm -hmm. this so, so clearly aligns with that concept of, okay, influencers, you're not allowed to make claims because you do it too early and you're not scientifically backed yeah. and you're you're harming the consumer, which I think For was sure. a, a five steps too far because it cuts out the people that are doing it right. But I mm-hmm. totally agree in that if you're going to 
be showing that trust, building that trust with your audience, you really have to have the continued use and continued check-in. Um, I had a mm-hmm. I had a client, an, a management client, come to me the other day and say, "Hey, so I'm like getting all of these PR boxes. Like, thanks so much for you know sending all of those through. But like, am I supposed to post about all of them? Am I supposed to?" you know, blah, Mm. blah, this just feels like a lot. Am I going to be a walking billboard? Like, how is this going to work? And I was like, oh, hold up, back it up, back it up. I don't necessarily need the unboxing every time. Like, yes, the unboxing is fun. And like, we all love a good unboxing, but it's really that continued check-in of, okay, Mm -hmm. what did you use two weeks later? What have you actually stayed consistent with? Not the random product that you saw and you're like, oh, this is fun, but... Mm, probably not going to use it. Let's be real. Agreed. And just bringing it back to trust. I mean, I think that unboxing has a place in content. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to share the things that you've gotten, totally fine. Mm -hmm. I would say to me, draw, I draw the line when you start to have links on those unboxings, like you're unboxing it and you're like, Mm -hmm. you can buy it here. Like once you create the link and you're sending people to also buy that product, you're recommending it. You are then Mm -hmm. influencing. So to me, opening it up and saying like, thanks so much XYZ for sending me this thing. Like I can't wait to use it. Harmless. Like you're creating a connection with the brand. Fine. But if you're also going to say like, you should totally buy this too. And you're just unboxing it. Like that is not creating trust to me. To me, it's circling back. Like, Hey, remember last week I said, I got this product. I've used it a few times. It was excellent. Like I'm really happy to recommend it to you guys. Yeah. And you can buy it here. Done. Like that I think is much more appropriate. I think that's an amazing distinction because, yeah, like it is fun to see an unboxing. It is fun to see all of the random things that you got and your picks from online Mm -hmm. and why you got them and blah, blah, blah. But if you're recommending when you literally just saw the package, mm, don't know. Even with clothing, even with, uh, you know, something like a food product, something you'd you'd put in a recipe, like you don't necessarily know down the line how that how that would work. So unless it's like a immediate taste test, there's there's not mm-hmm. much you can do. Yeah, besides say like thank you and when you use it then you can like yeah. work that back into your content if you ever do use it or I also love when like people repurchase things. Like I love this mm. so much and I repurchase. That's similar to the empties, but like if you didn't you know, it, let's say you're out of the beauty world, let's go into the food space. You were gifted something that's a snack and you really loved right. it. And then you like went and purchased it with your own money. Yes. Um, that yes. I think is really wonderful. And I don't want to say like, oh, you purchased it with your own money. Like everything should be gifted to influencers. But you know, if you got something as a gift the first time, most likely you can reach out to a PR team and say, hey, mm-hmm. I loved it. Can you send more? Which happens all the time and is not, you know, mm-hmm. uncouth. But many people just go out and buy that thing that they were gifted the drink the popcorn whatever it is especially if it's a snack it's a low low cost item so I think that that secondary like I like they introduced it to me through a gift but I'm coming back and I'm purchasing it and letting people know that like I love this so much I had to go seek it out that's a good way to trust I I have weird mixed feelings about this whole part of the conversation because what's so hard about being a starting influencer is you aren't making a lot of money. So unless you have another full-time mm-hmm. job, 
making some of those purchases or buying the specialty item really just isn't on the table or it Mm -hmm. wasn't for me. So, I mean, I would look at Mm -hmm. the more expensive snacks, literally snacks. Like, it's not like these things cost a whole lot, but it was more than my budget allowed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, do we get Mm -hmm. it gifted? What do I do now? I would love to recommend these things if I had the money, but now I'm not getting paid. So how does that even mingle in Mm. with, I need to rebuy this. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of weirdness in this space. There, there is a lot of trickiness in that space when you want to be re-gifted something. Because also if like, even if it's just a snack, let's say, and it's not something that you would normally spend that amount of money mm-hmm. on, if you go back and you request it a second time, it kind of opens the door for the brand to be like, great, like, can you make sure to feature it or something right, else? Like when right. you go and you request something from a brand first, you're opening up the door for them to say like, okay, yeah, we'll send it, but you need to do X, Y, and Z if you want. So it's kind of like creates a bigger conversation for sure. I mean, or it just needs to be a paid partnership at that point. Yeah. But I do think it creates trust with a brand as well when they see that you organically post stuff on your feed, Mm -hmm. even if it is just like a thank you to a gift and not a follow up with like, I repurchased Mm -hmm. it myself. If you two ways that I think that an influencer can build trust directly with the brand is one doing some sort of content around a gift, Mm -hmm. whether that be an unboxing or it works in organically around their life. I'm not saying you have to force everything into it. It's not feasible, but if you want to build trust with a brand specifically, I would do that. And then second is going to be like re-showing it or reusing it or emailing them with feedback. Emailing with feedback, I think is like a huge way. Yeah. Or like follow-up email in general. Love a follow-up email. It's essentially like sending a thank you note. And if my mom is listening, she will know that she drilled into me as a young (laughs) child that no gift, no gift goes unthanked. And so I feel the same way about if you really, now that's not to say like uh, many influencers are getting hundreds of things every week and it would be crazy to try and email back everyone. We're talking about singling out brands that you would like to build trust with, not Mm -hmm. every single brand. So if you identify five a week that you're like, I would really like these to turn into paid partnerships, first step, email back and say, thank you. I got the gift. I loved it. I especially liked X, Y, and Z, a custom right. sentence about the product hey, there custom and sentence. would yes. love to discuss more. Yeah. I mean, yes. even, in the, custom even, sentence here. even in the initial pitch, oh my God, if you're not throwing in, hey, mm-hmm. this specific sure. product is the one that I like, mm-hmm. like you didn't, you didn't go look. <laughs> yeah. I love your brand. Everything is so cute. You're like, yeah. Okay. So like, you didn't even go look, right? You yeah. Didn't, like, you're, you haven't did you been, like? been on the website. <laughs> no, probably not. Tell probably me what you not. like. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, this comes back to comments that are negative in nature. And I think this is a really important piece mm. of building trust. Like, tell me your critique. Mm-hmm. I watched a you know the try-on hauls hmm. that are like, buyer return. So I watched an influencer sure. do this for Abercrombie the other day. And I swear, mm-hmm. this girl said buy for or keep for eight out of the ten items. Nine out of the ten items. I think she returned oh, two. No. <laughs> or one, sorry. And I was looking at all of these things and I'm like, wait, you didn't return that? That didn't look 
good. Like, I'm not <laughs> convinced that this was mm. your real thoughts. Mm-hmm. You, you wanted all of that? That's <laughs> true. why? That's true. I mean, I think who does this, like, very well is um, Remy on um, TikTok. She's a plus-size um, fashion influencer and now model. She just mm-hmm. signed, like, a big contract with Victoria's Secret. And she does like a realistic, she does like realistic Zara haul, realistic this haul. And a lot of the stuff that she's getting is meant for plus size girls. And so she, you can tell Mm -hmm. that she doesn't want to trash it, right? Like they're, you know, she, it's just like not the right fit for her. So she will try it on and Mm -hmm. she'll kind of be like, "Mm, not for me for this outfit, but I'm seeing it for, and then she like ends with some positives. And I think that's a good way to build trust with your community at the end, like the brand yeah. may not be like so in love with that content and that's fine. Cause they're probably not paying for it, but the, the followers then are like, okay, like you're willing to say like, this doesn't fit me. Right. right. Or like, this is not right. a true size, whatever. Yeah. It's also not negative to say if I was shorter, if I was taller, this would be an for amazing sure. look, but it's not because Agreed. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I am who I am, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, and this is a big conversation in the makeup industry is because people like different styles of makeup. And I'm sure you may or may not know, like, the whole thing with the Jones Road, what the foundation, it, like, it was a viral product because an influencer received it as a gift and wanted to test it. Her style is very much very made up, not a natural mm-hmm. look whatsoever, The foundation is meant for a very natural, natural look. So she ended up putting a ton on and it didn't lay right and it didn't go well, but she has millions of followers. And so the big conversation around this was like when you're reviewing and when you're trying stuff, like you need to know what type of skin that is for, like who is that for, like all of that type of stuff and keep that in mind because while it may not be for you, there's plenty of people out there who do want a more natural look. They do want these types of things. So instead of doing a whole video about like how this wasn't good, you could do a video that's like, this is very light. It's not the look that I like, but if you Mm -hmm. have this type of skin or you want this type of look, it might be good for you if you want to try it. Right. Those, those specific sentences. I mean, you just have to, I mean, in the skincare world, it's so, it's so fussy anyway, because you're going (laughs) to, you have your preferences, but then you also have your skin, you have your skin type. Yeah. Exactly. And you can't change that, right? You can't really change your skin type. And that's one piece of advice I always give skincare girls right away is like, disclose what type of skin type you have before you start reviewing and keep reminding people during every review because you may not like something because you have oily skin or you have dry skin, but not every single person has the same type of skin as you. So just like rediscussing that is important. Yeah. In the, in the skincare world, I think your, your skin type is your niche. I would definitely say it is your niche. It's part of it. Yeah, it's the adjective that goes before your niche. Yep, or like anything that you're trying to overcome, acne, rosacea, Mm -hmm. um, issues with like anything else, like specialty situations, um, for sure. Those are all part of your niche, definitely. Let's talk about ad disclosure. Because this one Mm -hmm. one fires me up a little bit. I hear all the time. (laughs) She's fired up. (laughs) Fired up. I'm always mm-hmm. fired up. Um, <laughs> is it caffeine or is it fired up? Don't know. <laughs> um, what I always hear is this is not going to do well because I use the paid partnership label mm. or I, I actually bought this. I actually bought this. So you should believe mm-hmm. it. And not I sponsored. Think, not mm-hmm. sponsored. 
Yeah, the not sponsored thing. And I hate, I hate it. Don't say not sponsored. Don't say not sponsored. It should be implied. (sighs) That's true because you should be disclosing every other partnership as an ad um, or sponsorship in some way. And I'm not going to say like, oh, if you didn't, if you didn't add and it didn't perform well, you maybe just didn't create the right type of content because I know there's a lot of things that go into that. And that's probably like too big of a generalization. But I do think mm-hmm. that you create trust with your community when you are very open about the type of ads that you are creating and maybe even talk mm-hmm. about like how that partnership came to light. I follow two uh, women who are influencers in kind of completely different spaces and both of them do something called an ad break. So if they're doing like stories that are associated and they are coming off of organic stories, they do a first slide that's like, I'm going into an ad break. Like that's what's coming up next. So that like, like you're just so well aware. It's not about like hiding this tiny little hashtag ad somewhere on the screen so yeah. that no one can see it. It's about being like, hey, you know, I don't take a lot of ads. I only take partnerships right. with people that I really love, which a lot of people will say, but, you know, is important to talk about. I mean, about. I, I prefer that so much more. Same. I, Absolutely. Don't hide it. Just tell no. me I don't take a lot of partnerships. I, I yeah. feel like that's so much more respectable. Agreed. Or like, I love, you know, this is probably never going to be part of a scope of work in a paid partnership. But I really like to see when influencers talk about like how they found this company, or, you know, this is our third Mm -hmm. time working together, or um, I was sent a gift from them. And I just like really want to support them long term. And they were able to like, pay for something bigger. Um, Any of that type of information, I think pulls back the curtain on like what this business is and builds trust. Because you're giving the historical experience as to like how you got connected and how you ended up getting paid for this. Right. And maybe that's a slide before or after the story set. You know, maybe it's not in the caption. Mm -hmm. It's it's probably not in the video itself. Like that doesn't need to be in the reel. Um, One of the things that I actually loved recently that I saw from Laura Adkins, um, Mm -hmm. I love her, originally TikTok creator, but I watch her on Instagram because we don't go on the TikTok. Um, She did a ad with, I have to throw it in there. Um, She did an ad with Warner Brothers about the, or Mm -hmm. maybe not, with uh, the Elvis movie. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And what she said in this video, let's just say it's Warner Brothers, is at the very beginning, she was like, this is sponsored by whatever. And it was a voiceover. So she's doing her little prep to do her makeup look, prep to get ready. Then she continues mm-hmm. with the video as she's getting ready and shows me the final look. So it's sure. so implied the whole way through that we're getting ready for this event. We're showing off this thing that you need to go see and mm-hmm. giving some kind of themed look. But it's not it's not outside of her regular content. Mm, I do like that. That's really cute. I think that's a great way of doing it. And it also doesn't pull the person out of the content at all, like by diving into it right away. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's so interesting ads for reels have become very sensitive, at least like in the beauty fashion crew that I've been dealing with recently. I've had a few people, and I wouldn't say this is a common theme, but a few people have responded back saying, oh, I'm not really, really willing to do a sponsored reel. 
And I thought that was really interesting. And one person's management responded back, well, we can put the video in feed, but not as a reel. And I was like, well, um, clearly you're not well, up to date on late, Adam Aceri's. Yeah, real. Exactly. Like, too, <laughs> clearly you're not up to date on um, Adam Aceri's many lectures um, because that's not, not even an option anymore. So. I'm dead. <laughs> uh, talk about building trust. Today, Adam, we want to talk about creators. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're supporting creators. <laughs> okay. Skip. Little bubble. Okay. Okay, mm, so Adam. Funny. He's so funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about building trust. Oof. I think that's a step too far. I think that's a step too far. I don't think that's... Too far, too far. If you are an influencer, you should be open to taking money for content that lives on any part of your influential presence. You should be able to incorporate it. And if you can't yeah. incorporate it, then you shouldn't take the partnership in yeah. general. If you're going to put limits on it and be like, oh no, this is just for this. Um, sorry. But <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm confused. I I think that's a good indicator of your niche is too niched if you can't mm. include sponsored content. Maybe, maybe. Well, what are what do we want to give as our takeaways here? Because I know we're going to go into part two about things that people do that do not build trust. But I think we've covered a lot of incredible things that people could dive in on no matter what Mm -hmm. level of followers or influence or where they are on their journey, like both ways to connect directly and create trust with brands and with their followers. So what is your main takeaway for people today? So the thing that I want to highlight here is the continued check-in. We need Mm -hmm. to see those products again and again on your feed, wherever it is. And it doesn't need to Mm -hmm. be a hold it in front of your face. It can be a very natural incorporation of those products. But if you're not using it consistently, if you wouldn't go out and buy this product, maybe it's not the best fit. I think you should really be proud of any of your sponsored content and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be afraid of your audience. You shouldn't be worried if your audience will like it or not, because at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, what you're trying to provide is a resource, a tool, a recommendation. It's not supposed to be a used car sale. And if it does feel like a used car sale, flip it, change it, rearrange it. Influencer is not a dirty word. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I would say that my main takeaway is going to be very much along the lines of what Harley is saying, but because I'm a beauty girl, the empties, talk about stuff when you finished it and show the proof that you finished it, or at least that you have dove into it. It's not the first bite. It's not the first try. It's not the first application. Um, It's something that you are really investing in your time in. And maybe you don't have multiple check-ins throughout that time, but if you can show proof like, hey, I've used this every night this week and like, this is how I'm feeling about it. Wonderful. I think that is a great way to build trust both with a brand and with your current followers or future followers. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Brand Meet Creator. We will catch you next week.